welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, you're also doing okay, but the listeners might notice your voice is a little more hoarse than, yeah. than usual. Yeah, I, uh, I did what's called a sprint today where uh, they... Yeah, because you have all your movement back and you're now out on the track, right? Exactly. <laughs> somehow all my muscle mass... Compl- uh, came back too. Yeah, so you did the 40 yard dash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, what is a sprint in your in your world? Uh, so it's where they take the uh, they disconnect me completely from the ventilator and I breathe on my own and today I did it for about an hour and 10 minutes and I've noticed that like when I sprint, uh, my voice is always a little bit hoarse and a little bit dry afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, sorry everybody, like, I know my voice is shitty already and now it's somehow even worse, but I will say that a lot of progress is being made with the ventilator as far as my settings, and uh, I have no idea when, but me being off the vent is definitely, it's, you know, it's it's getting much closer and it might i mean could be six months could be two months i really don't know but you know the and then once i'm off the vent i will have my normal voice back albeit maybe a little raspy and uh yeah that's gonna be really great because at least that's one part of myself that i recognize yeah that will that would be great. I'm really looking forward to you being off the vent. Too. Yeah, uh, listeners, you can still help. We're, we're still shy of the yeah. just a little bit shy of the goal over at GoFundMe, which you can yeah. find the GoFundMe uh, pinned to the top of the homepage at uh, BattleshipPretension.com. Okay, sorry, I thought the computer was doing something weird. But oh, okay, it's fine. I'm really um, good. Yeah. All right. So, but uh, yeah, you had something you wanted to. To, to bring up at the top of the show? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's not going to take a lot of time, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but, so, you know, people have been talking about, like, AI generating, you know, scripts and various other things for a while. So that's not new. But, um, and this, this topic is a few weeks old, but I've been watching a show called Secret Invasion. Okay. It is a Marvel show. Okay. Starring uh, Samuel Jackson. Okay. And he's the lead. And I like the show. And I think finally they've given him some good stuff to do, aside from just be Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Um, okay. But there is a big. You say uh, finally, like you don't think he had good stuff to do in Captain America two? I think Winter Soldier. They have. They give him some good stuff to do, but in the end, it's ultimately like. Yeah, he's still a badass, yeah. you know? And what about like, Captain Marvel? I don't know, neither of us really liked that movie, but at least, I mean, that's a... He's in it a lot, at least. <laughs> I forget so much about that movie. Um, but yeah, you're right. He's he's elevated, I'd say, to a co-lead. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe that. But even then, it didn't feel like he was given a lot of, like, really weighty stuff to do. Whereas here, you know, it's a char- the character is, you know, he's getting older, 
he's maybe not the best at what he does anymore, hmm. and other characters are taking advantage of that. So I think they're doing good stuff with the character. But the point, the thing I wanted to talk about is that when the show first came out, there was a lot of commotion about the opening credit sequence, which was generated by AI. Mm. And, you know, instinctively, I just, it's frustrating because it's sort of an animated type sequence. And, you know, they're depriving somebody of, of work. Yeah. Um, which is something that frustrates me. But the other thing that gets me is, I think it's really good. <laughs> but that's not even and the argument. That's not the argument, but it yeah. is one of those things that, like, you know, instinctively, my my thought process is that, like, well, if it's AI, there can't be any sense of creativity to it, and so it can't possibly be good. But in this case, like, it's not like I'm conflicted about the argument against it. It's more just, like, I kind of had this moment where I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good, which got me thinking, like, that's going to make this a lot harder for for studios. Like, if they believe that they can genuine, generate genuinely good stuff, and if some of the stuff is genuinely good, I don't think this applies to writing, by the way, but uh, then, yeah, they'll be a lot less inclined to, uh, to you know, concede things. Yeah, but the, the, yeah, AI is a big part of why the writers and the, now, well, I say now, the actors, because it's still new to us, but we're recording this over a week before it's coming out. So yeah. Who knows? Maybe everything's resolved by the same year. Sure. Um, but yeah, AI is a big part of, of yeah. both um, the, um, when Fran Drescher, who's the head of SAG, and the um, yeah. uh, negotiator, who like, has a really cool like three-part name that I can't remember now. Okay. Uh, we're talking about um, things... Uh, the reasons they, they couldn't come to a deal, they talked about the one studio actually talked to them about the idea of what they wanted to do was the idea of, like, you hire a background actor once for one day, scan his or her face, yeah. and then the studio has the right to use that background actor for the rest of... Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I saw an article about that. Yeah. It, yeah, it, this so, shit is crazy. So, like, but I guess what I'm getting, into, getting to is that I think we need to get out the message that it's not about how good or bad the AI right. is. It, it is bad on its face. It's not about yeah. how it's bad because it can't do it. Whether it can do it or not, it is taking yeah. work away. It is taking people's uh, contributions away. Um, yeah, we the strike is like old news by this yeah. and um, so we don't need to. Yeah. Uh, and it's, Scott and I already did a whole episode on the writer's yeah. strike, so a lot yeah. of that it's, it's more just a revelation to me because I think I just naturally assumed that it would be bad and that would make it so much easier to make the argument. But the fact that some of it can be good, I feel like all it takes is just that little thing for an executive to latch onto and say, well, no, look, see, we don't need these artists because we can do this ourselves and it turns out okay. So it was just like... I was uh, disabused of a certain notion. Not that it changes my stance, but uh, but it made it like, I don't know, it, it added nuance to the larger, um, the larger discussion. Not nuance insofar as like, oh, the studios might be right, but nuance in that like, oh, the, the thing itself is not 
the product is not that black and white. Yeah. Um, to to. To end this pre-show topic on a on a uh, on a more up note, okay. I just want to say a lot of people have been talking about how impressed they are about how fiery Fran Drescher is being, how mm-hmm. great a, a leader SAG is, and I just, you know that feeling of like when you love a movie like Constantine. Sure. And years later, the public sort of the consensus sort of starts to switch. And I'm 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 great that you were on the right. I just want to say. That I've had a crush on Fran Drescher since I was Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm waiting for people to come around uh, on Congo, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But Fran Drescher... Yeah. And also, I mean, uh, Natalie and I are watching Friends over the... Yeah. ...since the one where I met your mother. Uh, Janice, who's supposed to be an annoying character, yeah. is, like, the coolest, hottest character on the show. Too. Yeah. So I clearly have a type. <laughs> Yeah. Although Natalie, other than being Jewish, is not at all like right. <laughs> like the nanny or, right. or Janice, but uh, I, I clearly love those women. Yeah. Um, real quick, I want to tell you about TweakedAudio.com. TweakedAudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors that look great. They sound great. I use them each and every day of my life. Tyler can actually, uh, 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 what's the one I'm looking for? Uh, Confirm? Yeah, but... Uh, attest? You can, you can attest to that. Yeah. Because you saw me using it while you were doing your sprint. If you were doing your sprint. Um, today, I was... This morning, I was listening to the new album by a really cool uh, band called White Beast, who were kind hmm. of... Um, heavy and noisy, but also, like, not at all without, like, hooks and, like, pop. Yeah. Uh, uh, tendencies and um, it's really good. I'm trying to uh, the hmm. the name of the album is either Suffering Time or Suffering Time. Like oh. Suffering Time or is it Time to Suffer? Yeah. Time to get your suffering. Well, that was a rejected uh, a rejected catchphrase for the thing <laughs> from Fantastic uh, Four. Suffering Time. Um, That's back when he uh, wanted to be a monk. <laughs> so those are available at tweakedaudio.com. Uh, for a low, low price, uh, but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off at low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Grab your copy of the Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. We're back. Yes. Let's get into it, shall we? This is going to be a short episode because yeah. of the sort of strict... Look, cut Tyler a break. Yeah. Um, but this was an episode that you proposed when I was here last week. Now, yeah, so the last time we recorded an episode with Natalie, yeah. this doesn't mean anything to listeners, it was two weeks ago in our time, but it will be three weeks before right. the episode's posted. Anyway. Um, there's a... I, what I'm saying is I came here last week and we didn't record an episode yeah. and we came up with this. Yeah, there's a... There's some real multiverse shit going on here. Um, so, yeah, uh, 
this is something we've talked about before, but it's something that I'm just aware of, and I've talked about it, I think I even talked about it a little bit with you and Natalie, but I'll tell you the, uh, the impetus for it. Uh, so there's this movie, uh, Sound of Freedom. I'm imagining people who listen to this podcast are keyed in enough to what's going on in the world of movies that they know yeah. Sound of Freedom. Well, and, and you they've know. They've seen it necessarily, but they know what it is. And even if they don't really have much use for, uh, you know, like Christian, uh, Christian-themed films, um, the film is doing so much better than anybody thought it would that, like, it's capturing people's attention. But anyway, so yeah, it's it's like a Christian-funded film about child, you know, child sex trafficking and stuff like that. Um, and I have a friend that I met at uh, the International Christian Film Festival named Joseph, and uh, he's a he's a really good guy, and uh, he's he reviews movies for a website called. Uh, Religion Unplugged, he reviewed both of my documentaries, being careful to, I believe, say that, like, Tyler Smith is an acquaintance of mine, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, he wrote a review of Sound of um, Freedom, and... Um, what do you keep wanting to say? Sound of... Metal, music, whatever. Thunder? Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I keep wanting to say chimes of freedom um but anyway so and he gave the film a negative review mostly on artistic grounds saying that he actually found himself surprisingly bored given the subject matter and that it was just not structured well and that it was just yeah not that good of a movie and if you look at the comments on that review like we're going to get to some of the comments you and I have gotten and that sort of thing and comments that I've seen elsewhere, but these are clearly, like, these are the worst comments I've seen anybody get because he was called uh, a pedophile um, because obviously you would have to, like, the only way you could not love this movie is if you're totally on board with child sex trafficking and maybe even a beneficiary of it. I don't know if this bit was ever recorded or if you just saw it live, but do you remember the Todd Glass, like, what are you, 4-9-11? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like, if you complain about the dumb rules the airlines yeah. uh, instigated after 9-11, you're like, what are you, 4-9-11? Yeah. 4-9-11. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very much like that. And so I was talking with Joseph about it and, uh, and he just, you know, he found the whole thing funny. And it is funny because it's so ridiculous, but it is also disturbing to me because it's just the latest example of like this, I mean, it's not like this is a new idea, you know, going back to even that bit by Todd Glass, um, this idea that like people not really understanding what film criticism is, or even what opinions are, and responding as though the person, like, they respond by reading more into the review than is actually there. And so another example is 
Um, the movie Nefarious, once again, a, a Christian film, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 35% critic rating. Um, I was one of them that contributed to that. Um, and then a 90, a 96% audience rating. Now, never mind the fact that you don't actually have to be like a registered user in order to just like rank a movie positively. You don't even have to have seen the film. But nonetheless, so many of the comments that I've read on Rotten Tomatoes about the critics that, uh, that did not like Nefarious, they're just saying like, oh, these guys, like, they're all liberals, they're all atheists, they're, in some cases, they're all enemies of God, and it's just like, you know, they just, uh, they just don't want the, the truth of this movie to get out. And it's just like, so I look at that, I look at Joseph's review, and honestly, I remember a few years ago when Don't Look Up came out. I guess that's two years ago. Uh, Was that 21? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember when Don't Look Up came out, you know, that was not a uh, critically beloved film. And in some of the negative reviews, I almost want to say it was the AV Club that in the comments, you basically had people who said like, they're like, hey, this movie, because the movie's, you know, uh, an, an al- uh, a, parable, an a, a parable allegory for uh, climate change. And so some people in the, criti- in the in the comments said that like, this movie's important, it's getting the, it's getting the word out and you know and for that reason um i feel like we uh should be like a little softer on it and i was like oh geez man i it's like i expect that shit from my side i don't want it on the other side have you experienced any of that i think what i often see i think more from the left is not is pretending like a movie's better than it is. I oh think. sure. Like because it's about something good, you know. Or, yeah. Uh, you know. Um, I guess a couple examples come to mind of movies that I uh, despised. Uh, Boy Erased. Oh yeah, that's right. Terrible movie. Um, but I think it's. I still haven't seen it, but. It keeps popping up on like streaming services when I'm when I'm going through, and just like you know, those three leads are all really good, and like yeah, that might be an. Good in the movie. That's what I've heard, and like that's that's perfect. almost enough for me yeah. to watch it. It's but it, but I think it's that kind of thing where they round up. Sure, absolutely, so, yeah. So because maybe the. Maybe the left is more versed in culture talk, so oh, yeah. they know how to, whereas, like, on the right, they could just, your your cohorts or whatever can say, this movie is about a good thing and therefore is good. Right. The left maybe is more versed in art, so they can pretend that a movie is good and about a good thing. Um, so, yeah, Boy Race is one I hit with, and I, I said there were two. What was the other one I was going to uh, mention? Oh, I don't know. Oh, the Danish girl. But oh, yeah, yeah. Girl, like, has kind of that, like, 
Green Book thing where I think the out-of-touch liberals who loved it thought that they were being like pro-trans rights sure. by doing it and not realizing that most trans people that I at least, you know, this is anecdotal, yeah. but trans people seem to really reject the Danish. Sa- uh, same with uh, Dallas Buyers Club with Ch- Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it, it, I th- yeah, that's the thing. Is I, I think people, um, that's like, you hear the terms like white feminism or white, like, just uh, white liberals only seeing things, or in this case, cis liberals only seeing things through their point of view. And sure. Being like, uh, um, you know, speaking up for trans people, but not actually listening to trans sure. people. Sure. I think that's a bigger, that sort of thing is a bigger problem on, on the left is, um, is, is the sort of uh, mainstream left kind of uh, us just starting from an assumption of their own moral security yeah. rightness and not like really thinking things through. Well, I mean, that's that, that attitude of like assuming moral rightness and then assuming that that just makes everything that comes from it inherently good. I think that's obviously on like the Christian right side as well. Well, because they've got God on their side. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, And I I should, don't get me wrong, I want to specify, it's not merely that, like, Christians think, like, oh, this is about a good thing, so it must be good. They do think these movies are good, you know? So it's not, but they will go see them on principle because it's about something good, and then they'll get the message kind of conflated with the artistic quality and they'll say this is a genuinely good movie you know like when you get it so when it's you, essentially the same thing that I'm talking kinda, about kind of yeah with a different lexicon I would say that's about right and you know and what frustrates me well let's let's go back to uh, some review a review a review that you wrote and one that I wrote, and we've you know. Sorry, I just um, there are so many art, so many um, comments on Joseph's. Uh, oh my gosh! Of course there are. Uh, there are 139 comments. Yeah. So I can't read all of them, and a lot of them are very long. Yeah. Um, but one just says. People have a lot to say. Yeah, but one here's I'll read one short one because it made me laugh. Of course, of course, an atheist leftist like Joseph Holmes is going to slam a feel-good movie where real heroes win. Real heroes is all in caps. Yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. Okay, tell me about. That. Well, and that's. So okay, yeah, I'll get back to that. Um, so. I'll talk about a review that you wrote and and one that I wrote. And we've talked about this before. These reviews are a few years old now. But my review of Toy Story 4 and your review of Avengers Endgame, I believe in both of them, there were people that said, like, that we were, like, uh, shills. Yeah. Um, I wish it... Or... We're having a problem with our website, as people might have noticed, where posts are not coming up sometimes. Uh, or at least, or at least, uh, not coming up on on phones. Oh, okay. I think. I think it, I could look it up on yeah. yeah. Um. But even then, like, if it didn't, if they weren't, if if we weren't called shills or haters or like anti Disney or whatever, um, it certainly has been thrown at other people. But I love that they're like, 
yeah, we're anti Disney. Never mind. And then, yeah. and then there's like, uh, when there's a critic that like doesn't like a DC movie, there are DC fanboys that are like, oh, you just love everything Marvel. Like you just, or you're on the payroll. Or you're on the, the yeah, or you're on the payroll. Which, you guys, people who think that, you have to understand, Disney doesn't have to pay these shills. Yeah. <laughs> these shills will come up with even lamer website names than Battleship Pretension. Yeah. <laughs> just to get invited to screenings and sure. get access, and they get Rotten Tomatoes approved, and then they get, like, they're, Disney doesn't have to manufacture yeah. its own shills. They are readily. Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing, like, people were so mad at me for my Toy Story 4 review that they were like, oh, you, uh, like, you knocked it out of, uh, out of 100%, because my review apparently knocked it down to a shameful 98, and, uh, and my thought, like, and enough people said this, on Twitter and on the in the comments that I was just like and the thing I said at the time was like what do you have stock in the movie like why do you care yeah. and it's just like because some of it has to do with fan culture um, and some of it has to do with uh, you know a person's religion a person's politics but like people just take reviews so personally that they wind up attacking the reviewer and just basically saying like, oh, you uh, you have an agenda. And that's something that bothers me so much because what it does is it says, well, the only, the only correct opinion is mine. Or are you looking at? I'm looking at questions, comments on both of ours. Oh, okay. The very first comment on your negative review of Toy Story 4 is just, you dumb whore. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> and then, you're a fucking dumbass, you have to always be against the grain uh, from someone that hates you. Yeah. Um, dumb fuck ruined the 100. You fucking gave it a bad review on purpose just to fuck up the perfect 100% fresh score if achieved. God, get a life. I know. Um, also, when I submitted the review, I didn't, like... It was early enough that I didn't know what the what the score was, you know. Yeah. Um, yes, I had the same thing with Endgame that I like filed my review. Yeah. That night, um, and was surprised. Yeah. That um, so many people loved it, but I also had the opposite happen, where I. Um, wrote a positive review of The Rise of Skywalker and was oh, surprised yeah. to find that other people hated it. And then, of course, when I... When, but I didn't get any comments on that. Okay. Um, uh, but when I started to realize what people hated about Rise of Skywalker, I was like, oh, the shit I don't care about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is like... Because I, I I'm just not a Star Wars person. Well, and... I, we could make the rest of the episode just me reading these comments. Yeah. It's so funny. Well, the thing that I really, and we can do that, that could be fun, but the thing I just wanted to say is that, like, I remember a, a few years ago, I wrote about this for BP and talked about it from a movie standpoint, from a political standpoint, because I remember there were people that were saying that, like, 
Marco Rubio is just like on the payroll of like gun companies. Okay. And it's like, look, if you don't agree with him, that's fine. But you know what? Maybe he just has a different opinion than you. Like it doesn't mean that he's on the payroll. It doesn't mean that we're on the payroll. It doesn't mean that Joseph is a pedophile. It doesn't mean that critics that didn't like Sound of Freedom are just like, or, or, or that didn't like Nefarious. It doesn't mean that they're just like, oh, they're just atheists that want to ruin this. Like, it's really just saying that, like, they're, ha they're saying that, that the only way that these people could not like this thing that they like is if they, if some, like, external force is influencing them. Surely they could never come to a conclusion that's the opposite of mine. Surely not. Like, I'm the pure one. They're the one with the agenda. And I just fucking hate that. I feel like that's such a, it's just such a, such a team mentality that I just, uh, I have no patience for it. And so while Joseph found it funny, which it is, it is. it's also like underneath that is just this, it's just perpetuating this idea and just a good example of it, this idea that like the only way you could ever disagree with me is if you have an agenda, like if you're steering this one way or another and, uh, and that your opinion, your, your opinion is artificial whereas mine is right and, and, uh, and organic. And I just feel like whether it be reviews or politics or whatever, I just feel like that attitude is really shitty because look, David has a lot of opinions that I don't agree with. I have a lot of opinions that he doesn't agree with, but at no point do I say like, oh, you're just doing like, you don't, you don't actually think that. How could anybody actually think that? You must be on some kind of payroll or you must be, uh, you know, you're doing this to like fit some deeper narrative. You know, it's like, no, he just doesn't agree with me. And that's A, that's not a referendum on me. I should say the, the reason we're in this episode early is because I do have to go pick up a bag of money from George Soros. Uh, with a big dollar sign on <laughs> yeah, the side? Exactly. Of course. <laughs> Um, but, uh, anyway, I, I've been kind of, uh, uh, ranting slowly and painfully. Um, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, I, I, I got and maybe caught up in, in the comments, reading these comments, go get them, buddy. Let's do it. There are so many, but, um, I think I am more, uh, on the, you are an asshole of battleship proportions. That's actually, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, that was yours? Uh, yeah, this is, this yeah. is, they'll go back to mine now. Yeah. Um, you're honestly really pathetic. <laughs> um, your review is idiotic and baseless. Literally everyone disagrees with you. You clickbait lying sack of pooper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go back to yours. Um, so here's, yeah. here's an interesting thing, at least on at least on Twitter, but I think also in the comments, there comes a moment in the comments where they start getting a lot more nuanced. Okay. And those are the comments after the movie came out. Yeah. All these other ones yeah. are before these people got a chance to fucking see it. Yeah. Um, 
some of the okay. This guy says this guy is a hater troll. This is about you. And then someone just wrote "boo this man," which I feel like is someone. It's someone named Joel. Is it our friend Joel? Maybe. I I, I doubt that. Okay, because boo this man feels like it's not real. Yes, I agree. Um, anyway, I can't just read these. I think I. Um, I know that I over. I know that I overreact to this kind of stuff. And maybe you, like Joseph, maybe you just find it funny, but it's just that I, I, I feel like it's, it's the bigger thing. Well, you know why I find it funny? Uh, sorry, I have to read another one from my Endgame review. Okay. Well, la-di-da, more like battleship pretentious. <laughs> wow. That is, uh, <laughs> that is a guy who does not get it. Yeah. Um, uh, and then one person just, like, agreed with me. It wasn't that great. Yeah. <laughs> I like the occasional uh, agreement. Um, so, uh, uh, I think part of the reason that it um, doesn't bother me as much is because I've been regularly meditating for the past few years. Sure. I've gone back to therapy. I'm on anxiety medications now. Yeah. I'm generally more... Eddie's, yeah. I think. Um, and so I'm not fixating on things as much as I used to. Yeah. Uh, but if I do fixate it on it, um, I do think it's part of a bigger worldwide problem of, like, I think, quote-unquote, like, stan culture doesn't end with pop culture fandom. Yeah. Everyone is on a team. Yeah. Um, and, um, uh, there's no like you're saying there's no respect for other yeah. um, people's opinions um, everything on every side is a purity test or whatever yeah um, and uh, it's it's not um, it's not good I mean I, I, I hate to bring it all back to to this because I have very strong opinions on what is the best thing for the world and for people in the world. Sure. But I also understand that people have different opinions and understanding that is what, to get back, I was kind of half joking about like meditation and therapy yeah. and stuff, but we are, it, okay, what I'm trying to say is this kind of discussing you're talking about yeah. is bad for film culture and the discussion of film. Yeah. It is also bad for the population's mental health. Oh, absolutely. Um, there are there are reasons to not engage with this kind of stuff uh, or engage in this kind of activity. Yeah. Other than just being right or wrong or being okay, like it's bad for you to like that. It's bad for that person. Yeah. It's not like this person. So yeah, these these commenters they are bad for. Cinephilia. Yeah. It is also bad for each of them individually. Absolutely. Yeah, they, uh, go to go to therapy. I know that's yeah. something that because I'm so like trained in Twitter. The first thing that I when I say go to therapy, I hear the chorus of voices saying, "Not everyone has health insurance." That's absolutely sure. True. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the problem. I would love people to be able yeah. to afford um, uh, therapy and afford medications the way that that I can because I happen to have decent yeah. health insurance um, but uh, if you can go to, 
go to therapy. Yeah. And also see a psychiatrist. You don't have to, your therapist is going to be a psychiatrist, but see a psychiatrist. Yeah. About meds. Also, don't just stick with whatever therapist or psychiatrist you talk to first. Find one. Yeah. I just have a lot of. Uh, yeah. Uh, advice. Um, and the other thing. And mindfulness meditation. Don't. Don't spend fifteen hundred. I mean, if you have it, spend fifteen hundred dollars to learn transcendental meditation. Sure. If you have it. I'm sure that's fine. But you can do Headspace for eighty bucks a year or less. I don't, I'm not. I don't work for Headspace. That's just what I happen to use because I got a discount. Discount. Yeah. But, uh, like, and you can do anywhere from five to twenty minutes a day. Yeah. Just bringing this entire conversation back to just like let's just be a little more mindful. Yeah, I was going to say that, like, you know, if you can't afford all that stuff, at least just go with the basic idea of treating other people the way you'd want to be treated. Like, and just try to imagine, like, okay, I disagree with this person, maybe completely, but how could they arrive here? You know, it's not like someone from the other side is like, it's like, oh, I, I arrived here simply because I don't like these people. No, most people arrive at their opinions organically, just like you have. And if you just exercise a little bit of empathy, then like that'll make such a difference. This is what, so the word woke has been twisted multiple times over. Sure. You know, it started as like a sort of tongue in cheek thing. Yeah. Like sort of mostly like uh, black social media. It, it, and uh, came to represent a philosophy, and now it's become sort of a catch-all phrase for a thing that certain people are opposed to. Yeah. But I, as I've said on this podcast before, to me, the the bottom line of what the base ingredient of what being woke is about is trying to understand that your view and experience of the world is not necessarily the default one. Yeah. So what you're saying about empathy, that's what I think of when I hear the word woke. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so in, I would say be more woke in my sure. uh, by my uh, I mean no one no one is self describing themselves as woke in the way that a Ron DeSantis uses the word. Sure. So just don't listen to Ron DeSantis on this on this point. Yeah. Um, and just and and most empathetic. yeah or most conservatives because like. Yeah, like it's. I remember on the podcast a while back. A while back, I think I said I don't consider myself woke, and but in that, in actuality, I think I do. Yeah. Then it's insofar as like, at the very least, I'm interested in other perspectives. Like, and by which I mean like not just me as a person, but like I've seen you know. I have, an, I have nothing against, like, white male filmmakers making movies. Some of my favorite, you know, like, I think about Manchester by the Sea, and it's just like, that's like one of the best movies ever. Um, but at the same time, like, we've, we've gotten the white male perspective pretty well, for the most part. And so, just getting someone else's take on the world is exciting. That's a fun thing. Yeah, it's good. I think... If I'm remembering the, the conversation you're talking about, I think that wasn't on the podcast. I think that was off podcast. Probably. You described yourself as woke sympathetic. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm woke adjacent. Woke adjacent, yeah. Um, okay. 
We have to wrap up. Yeah. Because I gotta go. Yeah. Uh, I have more podcasting to do because that's such a, that's like most of what my life is now. Yeah. Between this and the Patreon and the occasional movie journal and then me and Natalie's podcast, which again is called the one where I met your mother. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Which is what I'm recording this evening. I, I podcast all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get back into posting more movie reviews so I can get more fun comments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, you yeah, should, check out you, your mother. Check you, out Tyler's GoFundMe. You should go her. see Sound of Freedom. What's that? You should go see Sound of Freedom. Uh, yeah, well, I don't like posting movie reviews after movies come out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, all right, so um, what was I going to say? You find me at BattleshipRetention.com, David, David at BattleshipRetention.com on Twitter, and Blue Sky at David Retention. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Tyler, you want people to follow you somewhere? Yeah, you can follow me. I have two Twitter accounts. I have at More Lessons, where these days I I post more personal things, you know, letting people know how I'm doing. And if I'm doing poorly, you'll know about that too. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. Um, and then at Tyler Pretension, where I will try to retweet stuff that has to do with BP and all that kind of thing. Right. All right. Well, um... Yeah, thank you for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.